This show is created for adult audiences only. Our show notes include content warnings and other helpful information. We strongly recommend taking a moment to assess the situation before continuing. Let's begin. Episode 130 Sam, the Sandown Clown In the 1970s, the British UFO Research Association an organization dedicated to researching UFO phenomena, posted an article documenting a strange alien encounter. The article told of an incident that happened in the summer of 1973 with an otherworldly being that called himself Sam. Join us as we uncover the story of high strangeness and recount the events that took place on that fateful summer day. It was a mild afternoon in May of 1973. Lake Common, near the town of Sandown, provided the backdrop for the extraordinary events that unfolded. Faye, a curious seven-year-old girl, and her unnamed friend, a boy of the same age, were playing near the Sandown golf course, when a sudden and eerie siren sound pierced the air. The source was unknown, but the children were drawn to it like moths to a flame. Following the mysterious sound through the Sandown golf course, the children found themselves in a meadow near the airport. The siren abruptly ceased, leaving them puzzled, but determined to discover its origin. Crossing a wooden bridge, they were met with an astonishing sight. A blue, gloved hand emerged from under the bridge, followed by the appearance of an otherworldly being. The being, nearly seven feet tall, had an unusual appearance that baffled the children. Dressed in white pants, a yellow pointed hat, a green tunic with a red collar, it looked like a sci-fi clown. Its face was a bizarre combination of triangular shapes for eyes, a brown square for a nose, motionless yellow lips, and pale paper white cheeks. A fringe of red hair fell over its forehead, completing the peculiar ensemble. The children, though shocked, couldn't tear their eyes away as the being fumbled with the book, causing it to fall into the water. After retrieving the book with its three-fingered hand, the being then retreated to a small domed craft that resembled a metallic hut. The craft, unlike conventional flying saucers, moved awkwardly, hopping rather than gliding through the air. Confused by the strange spectacle, the children decided to walk home. Suddenly, the being reappeared before them, holding what looked like a black-knobbed microphone with a white flex attached. The siren sound then returned, louder this time, prompting the terrified boy to run away. As soon as he did, 
the sound ceased, and the being spoke into the microphone, asking, Hello, are you still there? The voice, clear and audible, emanated as if it were right next to them. Surprisingly, the children felt a strange comfort from the being's voice. Overcoming their initial fear, they approached the peculiar creature. In the original Bufora report, the being was described as nearly seven feet tall, with no neck, and its head appeared to be directly placed on its shoulders. As terrified as they were, the two children were equally as fascinated. As they continued to inch closer, the being, wearing its strange pointed hat with strange wooden antenna, began to write in a notebook with its three-fingered hand, pointing at the words that were not in sequence. Faye, the young girl, announced the letters aloud, revealing the message, Hello, and I am all callers Sam. The children soon discovered that the being could speak without moving its lips, but struggled to pronounce words clearly. They proceeded to engage in conversation, asking about the being's identity. When questioned if it was human, the being chuckled and replied, No. The children then inquired if it was a ghost, to which the being cryptically responded, Well, not really but I am in an odd sort of way. Desiring more information about the strange being, the children pressed on with their questions. The being avoided direct answers, stating, You know, and offering no further explanation. It then admitted to having no name and spoke of others like itself, even providing a rough sketch of another being of their kind. Despite its peculiar appearance, The strange entity expressed fear of humans hurting them. It claimed it would not fight back if attacked. Building a strange rapport with the children, the being eventually invited them into its metallic hut. To enter, they had to crawl through a small flap, revealing a two-story building hidden inside the seemingly small domed exterior. The first floor was spacious adorned with wooden furniture and blue and green wallpaper plastered to its walls that had dials printed onto it in a pattern, while the second story was metallic and less roomy. The being removed its hat, unveiling round white ears and brown hair. The children continued their interaction, learning that it had a camp where it could go when foraging. It explained the need to clean water before drinking, and shared an inexplicable moment when it attempted to eat a berry, placing it in its ear and cycling it through various locations before reaching its mouth. After approximately 30 minutes, the children bid farewell to the peculiar entity. Excited and overwhelmed by the encounter, they raced into town to share their unbelievable story. However, skepticism awaited them, even from Faye's own father, known as Mr. Y, who also couldn't dismiss the level of detail in his daughter's account. Mr. Y grappled with a persistent feeling that the children had encountered something extraterrestrial, a notion far removed from their innocent minds. His years on the Isle of Wight had exposed him to a myriad of strange phenomena, deepening his conviction that Sam might be more than meets the eye. Just three years prior, 
Mr. Y had his own peculiar encounter. While driving through a nearby village, he spotted a sizable, silent aircraft adorned with multiple lights, described as resembling a bright red cherry. The craft moved erratically, darting over trees and even paralleling his car. Mr. Y, compelled to investigate, shone a flashlight at the craft, prompting it to weave backward and forward in response. After approximately ten minutes of observation, Mr. Y continued his journey, only to learn later that a friend had witnessed the same craft playing hide-and-seek among the treetops. Strange happenings continued to punctuate Mr. Y's life. Mysterious lights began following him at night. Motionless balls of light in the sky were witnessed on numerous occasions, and a terrifying encounter at Compton Bay on March 1st. 1972. During that fateful night, an unexpected tidal surge, allegedly caused by an underwater craft, forced Mr. Y onto a cliffside. Peering down from the cliff, he claimed to have seen eyes resembling those of a sea monster, lingering below the surface and disappearing with the tide. Attempting to bury this traumatic story in memory, Mr. Y spent a year suppressing his encounter. However, Faye's report of her own experience brought the memories rushing back, hitting him like a tidal wave. It was only then, prompted by his daughter's revelation, that Mr. Y reluctantly shared his own experiences. The before report suggested he most likely withheld the full extent of his encounters. Concerned for his safety and that of his daughter, Mr. Y harbored fears that the children might have been ensnared in a manipulated reality, a bubble designed to gain their trust. Drawing parallels to abductee cases where reality is often manipulated through hypnosis, especially at a young age, Mr. Y speculated that Sam's presentation was crafted to earn the children's trust for a concealed purpose. The 1970s witnessed a surge in reports of UFOs and alien sightings, predominantly from children. Many shared similarities with Faye and her friend's encounter with Sam. The before report hinted at numerous questions posed by the being met by the children, leaving many questions regarding Sam's ultimate intentions. Unfortunately, the strange nature of Sam's purpose remains to be a mystery with the possibility that it harbored nothing negative or sinister, or had no real ulterior motive. However, the ambiguity left room for speculation. Was Sam a ghost? A friendly alien? Or a product of young imaginations in search of adventure? Regardless, the tale added another layer to the strange and unsettling narratives we continue to uncover on this show underscoring humanity's insatiable desire to unravel the mysterious truths that lie beyond the veil of our understanding. Welcome, campers, to Campfire Tales, The Strange and Unsettling. We are your hosts. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jordan. And now, the debrief. Classic Sam. This is one of my favorite cases ever. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the the strangest cases of, I don't know, just... 
I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of just random random cases where these alien beings or whatever are descri- described multiple ways. And you know, again, we talk about um, you know possibly being presented as such because it was the way that it needed to present itself to. Like, I guess in that situation to young children, maybe that's why it was the way it was. Yeah. But still, really, really strange. <laughs> it's just... Yeah, absolutely. High, high looking. strangeness. Right. Yeah. It's... Like, I think it should be said right away, because a lot of people, especially younger listeners, may not realize that this, like, fear of clowns, it was not always a thing. Right. This is pre-Stephen King's It. Which is really what spiked the fear of clowns in pop culture. Yeah. Um, so I think this story takes on like a more sinister note for a lot of a lot of a lot of people because they think of you know clowns as inherently frightening. Right. Yeah. I think I think especially in modern I guess modern day looking at this story it is it's it's almost like a, it's almost perceived to be. Like is something something more terrifying, obviously, than the experiences that were had by the kids. You know, I mean, yeah, they were they because, were very like, excited and happy about it, and it was a great time. But yeah, they thought it was awesome, right? It like, and a lot of people also get confused in the beginning because they they get scared they get scared and they run away, but they're they're scared of the loud siren, right? right? They're reacting to the to the loud siren. They're almost. I mean, they're pretty much not afraid of Sam himself at all. Like, the siren to me sounds like one of those, you know, really loud, like, almost alarm siren sounds. Not yeah. like a police siren or something you'd hear. You know, something right. that's just very loud, high-pitched, like, piercing sounded sounding. And so, yeah, of course. I mean, that's going to that's gonna cause anybody to, you know, it's, it's going to catch anybody off, off guard. You're not just going to be like, yeah, cool yeah. sound. Yeah. I mean, you're at least going to get startled. Right. Yeah. I I don't know. I always thought of it as like, like obviously not as loud, but I, I always thought of it in my head as like a tornado siren. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. that's a, that's pretty good. It's also, it's, it's also interesting, an interesting choice of words. If you consider the fact that it's what initially drew them to him. That's true. Yeah. That it was a siren. You know, siren or siren. Right. Right? See? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. See, that that was kind of my, my also, my kind of thinking was, was that maybe this wasn't a real, actual, like, quote-unquote siren sound. Like, maybe that's what it wanted them to hear, but it was more yeah. so like an, an actual siren, pulling them, drawing them in. Yeah. Whereas if you buy into, like, that's- the sinister nature of this being you know, being as such then yeah i i would i would have to agree yeah it's it's a weird it's sort of a weird thing right and it it almost makes me lean more toward the fact that sam the sandown clown really was just like a tall creep living under the bridge dressed as a clown right yeah yeah which i mean that's <laughs> that's possible yeah. um but i don't know like i a lot of this is very much it's very otherworldly. I, I'm I'm not gonna say 100 yeah. percent alien like whatever else. I mean because there's there's also a thing about uh, that was mentioned that as this was going on, as these children were talking to this thing, there were like um, 
there there were like postmen or something nearby working on like a post box or something like that as well. Okay. They were just basically right right near them. They didn't see any of this happening. Yeah. And so they like they feel like they were put in, basically drawn into like this bubble uh that allowed them to I don't know interact with this thing rather. Um yeah. you know just kind of yeah just which I, I I don't know. I thought I thought was strange that there was that just little tidbit. And then yeah. again, I mean, even even though this is all happening at this exact time, and it's right near where all this is going on, like nobody sees this interaction. Yeah, or hears the siren. Right. Exactly. Yeah, which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. It's we also have to remember that this story is through the lens of two seven year olds. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then processed by her father, and then her father gives her account for her. Right. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So, a loud, quote unquote, loud siren could mean any volume, really. If it was loud enough to startle them, that's really all, all we can assume. That's, yeah, that's true. That's true. Like, he could have been talking through, like, a speaking spell and just hit the, like, buzzer noise yeah. button on it. You know what I mean? Like, they could, yeah, yeah, they could have been just hearing him playing with this little toy. Yeah. And yep. they're like, oh, cool. Yeah. And then he invites them into his weird little under-the-bridge clubhouse. That turns into a two-story building. I, I See, I never really thought of it as, like, a two-story building. The description kind of leaves a little to the imagination. I always thought of it as, like, there was sort of, like, a lofted space above. I mean, where maybe. someone might sleep to get away from the draft, you Still, know what I mean? Still, I mean, like, you, would, you would, most people would technically classify that as two stories i think yeah. you know you have the bo- yeah. the bottom that's like very you know normal like very wooden you know has wooden furniture has wallpaper has like you know these yeah. little just intricate designs on the wallpaper and everything you know it looks very homey and then you go upstairs yeah. and then it's just metallic floors and dark and yeah. very weird i mean if we look at the 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 human side of this he the top floor might have been made of just like scrap sheet metal that's true yeah you know what i mean maybe it's if this is like some creep that just lives under the bridge maybe that's where he pretends to go to space yeah he could. <laughs> <laughs> this is my spaceman place i also think of it as like a weird like the way he answers the question like are you a ghost not really. Right? That he's <laughs> not really, but in an odd sort of way. Right? right? Mm-hmm. And, like, if you think of, like, a, a strange sort of unhoused character that's, like, off in the woods, away from society, if he's, like, broken away, I could see that sort of, like, a sad representation of that, right? Yeah, I but suppose like, so. Are you a ghost? And he's like, he's like, well, not really, but I guess in an odd sort of way. <laughs> That's a bit, well, you know, like, I guess, you know, if if he is a sad man, I was going to say it's a bit poetic in that case, then. It is. It is a bit poetic. I don't know. I'm yeah, getting away from <laughs> from the, the idea of him being a human. The If you look at this as, like, straight up high strangeness, his little shack thing, to me, is very like Doctor Who. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's... It's like the fact that it has like the TARDIS, right? And it reminds me of uh, um, one of the early TARDISes, one of the early Doctors from classic Doctor Who. 
his the inside of his TARDIS was very like old school Victorian. Yeah, looking. I mean that makes and sense like, for the time period for sure. Right. So it sort of reminds me of that. How it's like this anachronistic, you know, aesthetic. Even if it's let's say he's like some being from another planet and right. he has this advanced technology and stuff. But like to present in a in a light that it's like a normal normal wooden furniture. Also, the dials on the wall is like Doctor Who meets Willy Wonka. Yeah, like yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It's yeah, it's very very strange. It's it's really you, uh, go ahead. I, I was gonna say it's it is really weird um, because it's two extremes, you know. I mean, and and also this 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 craft first of all is just a small little dome that moves very awkwardly, like hops rather than flies, from what we were able to see. Yeah. And they never actually saw it fly. They saw him trying to, you know, go away, but it's kind of just hopped and moved very just strangely. <laughs> um, yeah. But th- for them to, like, have to, like, crawl into this, like, flap to get inside, and then they walk in, and it's basically yeah. just this giant, you know, like, two-story area. It, it, I don't know. To me, it's just, it's very, it, it's very otherworldly. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, that's true. It's what do you make of the the okay so he initially after the after he's talking through the microphone and all that he communicates with them by pointing by like showing them written words in a book right or letters yeah yeah he, and they were in, in book, the sequence but, so but he would right. like there were just random letters and he'd point and then she spelled out right I am like all color Sam right. Yeah, which is very strange. That's a weird message also. Not just right. the delivery, but like, what do you make of I am all colors? Well, I I think I, I literally, I, because the way that he's dressed, his, everything about him, he has different, different colors. All of his facial markings, his, I mean, his outfit, he's wearing white, white, like white pants with a green tunic with a red color. Um, he has... What yellow, like yellow triangular eyes, a square brown nose, or, yeah, his hat. Plus, and yeah. it has like wooden antenna on it, which is really weird. Yeah, um, that's very strange. And he has like a brown nose and a weird mouth that doesn't move, and like pale white cheeks. Like I think, I think it's literal. He's very colorful. Okay, he's all yeah, color I mean, Sam. That would track. It just seems like a strange. It's kind of a weird to choose, right? right? Yeah, Especially it's kind of cryptic and such like a arduous delivery system it seems like you'd only say things that are pretty important you know what i mean <laughs> yeah but maybe that's what he's referred to as in his home planet you know he's like very maybe he's very unique like uh i i don't want to trying to think of the better way to put it but you know he's he's just he is he's unique and even by his own planets it's or just part his of his identity place of standards yeah that that's just kind of yeah. part of him, and everybody calls him all all caller Sam. Maybe that's why he says. Doesn't like, he? Yeah. Doesn't he at one point show them pictures of? Yeah, he shows a sketch. He showed them pictures of other. Okay. Yeah, it's like a sketch of another one like him. But right, I mean, they don't ever describe it though. They, they do don't they? describe it. No, they don't actually like. They just say it was it was like him. Okay. And so I mean, we don't know if it also had colorful, you know, everything. Because <laughs> just, yeah. I just I can't I can't help but like thinking about the way that this thing looks. I also think of it like kind of like a teddy bear versus some weird like Muppets thing. 
and you know and with his white his white ears and his brown hair with a little red fringe and yeah it's a big ass muppet i don't know like raggedy ann and and andy yeah yeah with the drawn on nose right like you know something something similar to that but also very cartoony yeah it's it's very cartoonish it's um in all of the descriptions of you know possibly extraterrestrial beings i'd say sam is the most cartoonish oh without a doubt that i've heard yeah and that's what also sets this apart from other descriptions of any alien like beings i never came across any others that are similar to this no nothing even close it's he's also a fairly sad character yeah i mean in my opinion that's fair yeah right like he's talking about how he's afraid of people and that they'll hurt him if they find him, and that he would never fight back. Well, yeah, he basically describes their their kind as being like they're more afraid of us than we are of them, and that yeah. they yeah that they wouldn't do anything, um, you know. And basically, they're here to be friendly, and we're not. And maybe that's yeah. why maybe that's why it's, he would only talk to the little kids. Yeah, because they're more open. Because he's afraid of the adults. Right. Yeah. That mm-hmm. sort of shows that maybe he knows something a little, a little something about human culture, right? Right. I mean, that, I'm, I'm sure that the children would be less prone to a violent reaction than adult than an adult would. Yeah, yeah, and, I think so. And there's a weird thing. Okay, what what always makes me think like this is just a creep under a bridge again is the like he talks about how he cleans water from the river to drink. Yeah, right, he has to is, clean his own water in order to mm-hmm. in order to be able to drink it, right? He also does a little close up magic for them with some berries. That I think that, I don't, that I don't know if it's close up magic. Like a creep. I think it's more so just the way he eats it. But I don't know. It could be it could be magic too. It could be like maybe him See, being. It funny. always read that way to me. Yeah, it always read that way. Like he was doing a trick for the kids. So, and the way that this basically happens. As he like pops it into his ear, and then it rolls into his eye socket, and then he like smacks his head, and it rolls into his other eye socket, and then like he smacks his head again, and it pops down into like his where his mouth area is, and then he can finally eat it. Yeah. So it's like this going into all these. Yeah. It. it, it I don't know. I don't know if it's just. It, maybe it is, and maybe it is just him like trying to also like win over their trust and stuff like haha let me be funny yeah. and doing you know. some sleight of hand or he's really yeah. struggling to eat this berry and that's what Could i want be. it to be <laughs> yeah just because just like that. which orifice do i shove right. this berry in <laughs> and that also just adds to like the really just weirdness of everything yeah there's Take some 20 minutes to eat a berry where's it gonna so go much this weirdness. time <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, the whole thing is just so strange, but it, it doesn't last for very long. Yeah, you know, I think it's like the whole the whole encounter is like roughly about thirty minutes. Yeah. You know, and they get to even visit his you know his area. They learn about him. Um, you know, a little bit. He like and even described in the before report after uh, you know Mister Y Mister Y kind of explains after Face told him everything um, that. You know, uh, Sam asked so many questions and the children were willing to answer every one. But out of the questions that they asked him, he was very, he only answered a few. I mean, we know right, enough, we learned enough, mostly. right. We learned enough to know, like, he's not the only one. You know, we got the sketch, well, they got the sketch of 
you know, here's another one like it. Um, you know, we know that he has to clean his water. We know that he has an area he can go and he's foraging that he can rest and everything, which is, I don't know why we needed to know that, but yeah. maybe that's like another planet that, you know, like in ref- reference to possibly. Um, but you know, See, a I, lot of, I saw yeah. that as like, I saw that, I saw that as him saying there's like a camp on the mainland, like mainland UK. That, that's possible. England. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't think of it like that, but yeah, I would say that's, I think that's just, uh, that, that sounds just yeah. as good, if not better. So the English channel is tough to hop across though. Yeah. <laughs> Unless he actually can <laughs> fly. His... Maybe it takes a while of like hopping yeah. around until he can get in the air. You know, that's sure. just all Needs they a saw. Runway. Right. But yeah, it could be so, so weird. But yeah, so I mean, we learned it's, we learned a bit, but we didn't learn as much as they were willing to, you know, provide to him. Yeah. The father seems to have taken this as being fairly nefarious. Yeah. Well, so his 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 whole thing is he he had had encounters for several years. I mean, at first, and, and as we discussed as we were talking uh, before this, was I I just thought it was so strange that he was like. You know, when they come into town and they're all excited and everything and, you know, trying to tell people about their story, he's, like, one of the first to, like, be like, oh, no way. But then he's like, but it's pretty detailed, so maybe. Aliens, probably. Yeah. Like, that. man, that's immediately <laughs> where he went to. And then, but I mean, obviously with reason. You know, he had had several experiences before. But yeah, he, he had never came forward because, you know, obviously afraid of ridicule or whatever else or nobody believing him. Yeah. But there's also the fact that... In all of this, he never, again, never came forward with any of his own experiences until after. He also went by pseudonyms for him and his daughter, you know, like, made sure every, like, their real names, their real information wasn't included in anything. Um, You know, so I feel like that maybe adds a little bit more authenticity. I mean, he wasn't trying to claim any gain, but I think, like, part of this, you know, him thinking more this is, this is, you know, something more than what it was was just because of what he had he had experienced himself i mean you know and especially the the one about him seeing like that strange creature under the water that knocks him up onto a cliffside uh you know i mean Mm -hmm. i think he feels like this has been targeting him and now it's targeting his daughter yeah i mean it has to be past experiences because to me that seems like a very strange reaction right like if i had you know if my seven-year-old came home and was like I met a funny thing under a bridge and it took me into its shack and I like I would immediately assume it was some predator. Yeah, of course. Some fucking creep under the bridge and I would immediately go to the fucking bridge. You know what yeah. I mean? Like like that's to me that's a normal reaction and I think there's something to be said here for the time period also because obviously now and especially here in the u.s we don't really let our children of this age just sort of roam freely right around especially now i think i think obviously when we were younger it was a bit different but yeah yeah but even then at seven i don't even think when we were kids when we were seven i i wasn't running the town at seven years old like yeah i i still had like stay with your older brother you know what i mean like that type of stuff my brother was seven years older than me so like I grew up having to tag along with him if I wanted to go right. somewhere. Um, but like when we were kids, definitely by like 12 or 13, we were walking around town on our own and well, yeah, of course, you know what I mean? Pretty much 
Yeah. But like back then, and especially this is a small town on a small island. You know what I mean? Like it's a it's rural life, yeah. basically. I mean, there is a town, but it's this is a small town on a small island in the early 70s. Like, I don't think the whole stranger danger thing was as prominent yeah then like a small community back then would everybody have been far more trusted. everybody and right i mean yeah. like you say it's it's being such a small community everybody's gonna know where everybody is at most of the time as well yeah so yeah it, you know I, I don't think the need for having them monitored at all times was it was a real thing and for them to immediately assume oh there's yeah you know this is stranger danger territory basically yeah also the the monitoring was much more vast then, right? Because, like, say you let your seven-year-old walk to the corner store. Like, back then, you knew that they were going to walk by the homes of a dozen people that you know and trust. Right. Yeah. On their way to the corner store. Like, so the people that you assume will be looking out for your kid are everywhere. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a totally different way to think about it. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Because, like, now, if I sent... If I sent a seven-year-old to the store that was, you know, four blocks away, I have to assume one in four houses between here and there contains a child predator. <laughs> like, it's yeah. just, you you just have to run on that assumption. You know what I mean? Because I don't know those people. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to know those people. So, like, and maybe that's, like, a sad aspect of our, but you know, it's, society But at the same now, time, it's but. not a stretch to, to think otherwise. Like, I mean, it, you know, to, to think like that. Now yeah. it's unfortunately, you know, it's the norm to not necessarily yeah. the norm, but to have predators and you know people like like that yep. around. Um, I mean, all you have to do is pull up one of those sex offender maps right. of your and, neighborhood, and surprisingly, there that'll are, scare you to death. And more areas than you think. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, they're fucking everywhere. It's crazy. So yeah, I mean. Yeah, it would. You know, that's not normal. You know, not something we do that we do today. Um, but yeah, so no. I, I see what you're saying. I mean, I wouldn't. You know, it wouldn't be an immediate thought that oh, this is going to be some creep. Like you know, so yeah. maybe that is why he immediately goes, okay, well, I've had some strange things. So this is probably what's going on. Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those things that it's hard to put yourself in their perspective because their lives are so different. Yeah, you know what I mean. Without a doubt. Like same same with the kids, right? Because you would think that a kid would at least be a little apprehensive to engage with something this weird, right? Mm-hmm. Like but when you really and all credit to Rob Morphy from Kryptonaut Podcast, because I believe they were the first ones to really dive into this story. Um they got it from like a one of their listeners sent it in and it was yeah. just this obscure random report, like before a report, and they I think they really brought it to the forefront, but he made a point talking about it once that like it's it's hard for us as adults to put ourselves in that place again when you're that age where so many experiences that you have are new experiences. That's true. That you're much faster to accept that they're normal. Right. You know what I mean? Like they run into Sam the Sandown Clown and they're just like, oh, this must be the clown that lives by the golf course. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. they're just like, this is another new thing that they're discovering, right? And I don't think it really registers with them at that age how 
utterly bizarre this is. I mean, you know, given uh, at the time that it's happening, they are a little apprehensive. You know, they're very curious, but they're apprehensive yeah. until he says, hello, are you still there? And and then they're like, there's something about his voice that's inviting that they, you know, they claim to like find comforting. And, you know, they were actually willing to yeah, be willing to get closer and continue Right, because instead of a loud siren, they were hearing a, a welcoming voice. Right. Right? Like, that's another weird thing he says, though. Are you still there? Like, he can't tell if they're there or not right. unless they answer him. You know what I mean? That's true. Maybe he couldn't see out of his triangles. <laughs> Maybe. His mouth didn't move, so... Yeah. But see, yeah. to me, that, sound, that sounds like a dude wearing something across his mouth. You know what I mean? That's, that's possible. I don't know. I've... Maybe it's the stranger danger that's been I, I pounded into my head yeah, since we were kids. From a like, different perspective at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just so much of this sounds like a weird homeless guy that like just needed some company. And if that an very well could have been it. And then maybe they just couldn't find him after that because this dude took off. And yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe he had like a box that was like painted metallic, and he just yeah. like kept standing up and sitting down, so it looked like it was like hopping. Yeah. <laughs> And then, he, and then he went home you never know. or something. I don't know. Yeah. We don't know. My, and Did they go try to find him afterward? Um, They did. They did return back at one point, but uh, they, yeah, they couldn't find anybody there or anything like that. I mean, yeah, at that point, I mean, it was too late. I wonder if the kids just had trouble leading them back to and where possible, exactly it mean, took place. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's, this is a wooden bridge, so I'm assuming... You know, they were able to at least find the bridge, specifically, I would think. You would think in a... I mean, obviously, I don't know how many bridges this town has, but, like, you would think not too many, right? right? Yeah. If they would, that would be my thought. I don't know, though. There there might be fucking four or five different wooden bridges that cross the same river, you know what I mean, if the town spans a river. That's true. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, I know they, that they, yeah, they, do try and, they do try and go back. I mean, obviously, everybody's... You know, it doesn't believe at first, but then as they do this report and everything, then they try to you know, they try to find this, this Sam Sam guy, um, but they were never so, successful after that. So, so they don't go look for him until after they do the report. That's my understanding, and I could be report. entirely incorrect. That might have just been the way that that I just that I understood it or took it. Yeah. Um, if that's the case. Then that guy could be anywhere. Right, at that point. that's true. You have to assume that that's like days at the shortest, weeks at the longest. Right, you know what I mean. Before they would send someone out to look for him. So if if that's the case, that no one went and looked for him until after yeah. the report. I'll have to I'll have to double he check. He could have been yeah, long gone by then. Like I said, that's that's my understanding at least. But I could be entirely incorrect in that. So again, if anybody knows more, please please let us know for sure, just so we can. You know, half the piece of mind knowing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, yeah, they again, you know, so I mean, we don't know what, what or what this thing was or who it was or anything. Could have been, you know, could have been just yeah. some creep. It could have been a ghost. It could have been an actual alien or whatever else. But there are theories. Yeah. Um, of course, people, people always have, you know, something to say or something, you know, something to believe rather. So we'll touch on a couple That's of the these. fun here. Um, cause they're, they're actually pretty cool, I think. And, uh, I think it'll kind of help out here. So okay. now 
and throughout the throughout the 70s from you know 70 to 80 uh the majority of the reports were were actually from children and a lot of them were schools uh children like in schools playgrounds everything that uh, would would claim to see these things and so uh there was actually um there was a school i can't remember the actual uh, the school it was uh but uh, there was a staff member um that actually as these kids were like these kids were seeing this thing they came out and they actually witnessed you know saw something that was similar to the craft that was seen by mr y uh the first one that he had seen okay um and that was again i i didn't have the date or where that one was at specifically uh but there was another another sighting from a nine-year-old in broadhaven county primary school in pembrokeshire uh, in wales they witnessed a being in a silverish green suit, uh, which is said to be kind of similar to the tunic that Sam wore. Okay. Um, there was another incident in 1977 where 14 children were said to have witnessed a craft from a distance of 350 yards. And it was basically on the, cr- on the ground before clumsily moving away and vanishing eventually. It was disc-shaped with a dome on top of it, similar to the dome on the one the, one the kids seen. And it sat on the ground for about mm-hmm. 20 minutes before flying away. So a lot of okay. people kind of compare those and think that that may have been the same. This may have been the same one, you know, that they're seeing. And, gotcha. um, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of the reports though are from, like I said, just all children in, you know, during that time. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was cool to kind of just kind of comparing those. And I mean, we have the kind of silver, the greenish, greenish silver, silver screen suit, which again could be similar. I mean, just in the way that it was described, you know, maybe they saw it under the light and it kind of maybe shimmered a little bit, like had a little bit of reflection yeah. that the kids might not have seen. And it might have had more to it, but of course they saw it from further away. So they might not have seen like the markings. They might not have seen the strange clown like features clown or whatever else. Um, and yeah. then, of course, the object, the the kind of dome one, that kind of hot, said it moved clumsily, um, kind of like okay. jerking back and forth and stuff as it tried to tried to finally fly away. So we have those comparisons. So, I mean, that's one of the theories is, again, that that's the same one. And that kind of ties those together. Um, yeah. Now we have some other actual theories of what what this could be, rather. So okay. some believe that Sam was a manner, some manner of inter- interdimensional being. Um, yep. You know, basically uh, comparing to Fafo or fairies, elves, and imps, uh, any other type of metaphysical yep. creatures who inhibit uh, or inhabit the invisible realm that exists alongside of ours, basically. Um, and so traditional Gaelic yep. folklore, um, such dimension hop- hopping beings were referred to as Ishi or She, and it's said to live under Earth. And mounds, uh, basically in like moundy areas, right? Yeah. Um, elsewhere in the British Isles, they're referred to as piskies or Azre or Shifra, and even the good folk. In all cases, the beings are said to prefer children to adults as they're more tolerant to them and more likely to reveal themselves and interact with them. Yeah. And they're often described as being completely different. Uh, some are very small. Some are up to 10 feet tall, more sinister looking. And the, some people believe that the way Sam presented himself was reminiscent to different fairy encounters. Yeah. And also, of course, they, they you know, the girl in the story, the pseudonym, pseudonym under under the pseudonym Faye. So they kind of compare that to like, yeah. oh, you know, whatever. <laughs> kind of cheeky, right. cheeky way of it's- tying that in. I mean, if we're getting into comparative folklore, how similar is Sam the Sandown Clown to the Pied Piper? Right. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? That's fair. Yeah. Even in like physically the way he's described with like the colorful regalia and all that. It's yeah, that's weird. And of course, being from, you know, in the UK, I mean, like fae folklore and stuff like that is huge. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, maybe that's what they actually encountered. And that's why yep. it wasn't it wasn't an alien. Why it would may could be a ghost of sorts, right? Sure. How it pulled them into this sort of like pocket yep. dimension where no one could see or hear them while they were having their encounter. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think that's that's just as plausible. I mean, if we're you know if we're going otherworldly or whatever else and not just creepy, uh, creepy dude, then yeah, yeah. Um, there's also I really like I really like this because uh, the next one we, we're we're going to discuss uh, because it it kind of ties into like what you were talking about um, how you know at the age that children uh, basically that they were this being like something that they're seeing as the next stage in their life almost like because you know, maybe that's what they're supposed to be seeing or you know they don't know any better yeah. like you know this is whatever else right so that's yeah, kind of just how this ties in so both because both of them were were seven years old when they encountered sam so from an esoteric perspective the age of seven is extremely uh, an ex- extremely profound age uh, it's the mythical age of initiation when children may be magically influenced either by man or the divine this according to various schools uh you know of different thought and everything um you know it may basically man may manifest as a dream or a vision or uh like a mysterious illness or encounters with different different types of creatures and things like that so a lot of people yeah. believe that such an experience is a rite of passage it's basically an experience that somehow influences the child the children as they progress to adulthood um and beyond and it's supposed to like guide them essentially it's kind of like a guiding thing right that they're supposed to experience yeah. in that age is the actual age when they're capable of this initiation period and so basically with that said yeah, I like that sam would be that for them um yeah you know and basically appearing at just the right moment to initiate them into uh into furthering their youth and to furthering you know, themselves as they grow and everything um and yep. so which which is kind of kind of weird at the same time um you know that because and i've never really kind of thought about but i mean i you know i don't look a lot into like children and the kind of weird inductions to you know these like rites <laughs> sure. of passage and this kind of mythical thing right yeah. but at the same time like for those that believe that i mean i think that could be huge that could also be like yeah. something they were supposed to experience but it could also be something otherworldly yeah it's sort of the fantastical elements of the universe showing themselves right. to them yeah yeah and yeah, i like that and basically, they believe that uh, at that age, they're youthful and brimming with intuition and inborn magic into the unseen world. Yeah. So, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. Is that something we just, I buy that. We just lose then? Yeah. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> yeah, a lot of us lose it. Yeah. Mm. It's, um, I mean, it's, it's almost cliche at that, at this point, but like the idea that you know, children are more open, right? Right, and of more, course. more uh, susceptible almost to um, to magic. Yeah, right. To the fact that it exists, right? Like, go watch the fucking 
Tim Allen Santa Claus movie. That's basically what it's about. That's true. It's yeah. about like the idea that that children that magic only exists because it's believed in, right? As long as you believe in it, it continues existing. As soon as you get jaded and pulled down by the world and forced to grow up, then the magic just sort of bleeds out of you. Seeing isn't believing, but believing is seeing? There you go. Mm. Precisely. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, maybe. It's just, again, it's, it's it's one of those... Kind of more thought-provoking things for sure, um, you know. And, and like I said, I, I like I like that aspect of it because it's not something I really think about. Yeah, I mean, I I do yeah. fully agree that I think I think children are a lot more susceptible to the unknown, um, you know, like mm-hmm. ghosts and things like that, like capable of seeing and and feeling those things that we are, you know, as we are as as we get older maybe dismissing those those thoughts those feelings and eventually no longer paying any mind to them so therefore they're no longer no longer there i guess yeah and whereas kids I mean, it's like a it's like if a, you, ooh, spidey senses yep if you that segues exactly and like perfectly into what i'm about i was about to say which is if you take magic down to its lowest common denominator really you're talking about intuition right right and yeah what like what does society teach you to ignore more than anything it's your own intuition you know what i mean like that's true how often you go against what you really are feeling in the core of yourself because it's just what you're supposed to do you know yeah, yeah that's fair but when you're a kid that's everything mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah i you just do exactly what you feel in the moment exactly maybe we should go back to that i don't know i think people would be a lot <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a lot more. Some might impulsive. say that would be total yes, chaos. It would be right. Yeah, but who knows? Maybe once we finally get it down, then we're able yeah, to finally maybe the balance would find right, itself. Live more yeah. childlike and more. The world is, you know, bigger than than it is, and whatever else. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like to think the world would be a much better place if we all, you know, thought the way we did when we were children. Yeah. But then again, things probably wouldn't ever get done. And yeah, I mean that might be naive, but maybe you know, right? I'm I'm always quick to fantasize about that world where everyone's just sort of laying around making art and discussing the nature of the universe. I mean, if only that world were real. Yeah, I mean there is a way you can get there if you want, and that's to just do it. <laughs> you know. I mean, you sort of have to pay your dues as like a cog in the machine for a right. couple decades. Yeah, yeah, and then you can hope to live out your retirement in that sort of way. I mean, that would be you cool. Know? Yeah, yeah. As long as you have time left. That's sort of the. Yeah, that's the problem. I'll probably get to right? retire the, when I die. <laughs> yeah, that's how most people are these days. Right. Yep. Which is unfortunate. So yeah, it is. It's that's, sad. That's a whole it's, other. It's terrible. Whole other conversation. We won't get yeah. into. Um. All that to say, I like the idea that this was sort of like the universe initiating these two into like the magical universe. You know what I yeah. mean? I mean, for those, yeah, that's for, a cool theory. For those that uh, really, I mean, believe in that and everything, I mean, I think that's that's just as solid. And and again, it doesn't take away from the actual experience that they had too, because I mean, they may yeah. have had an actual genuine experience. Because I mean, I guess if you're if you are a believer in that thought or whatever in that 
um, you know, within that, it is. It does take an actual experience to get you to that point. But you're at that age of initiation yeah. where you're physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually able to have that type of you know of experience. So, yeah, yeah, it's cool nonetheless. I dig it. But agreed. You know, it's. I don't know. I don't. I don't know where I'm at with this really. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of a tough one. Like, I mean, I think just from from everything around it, like it sounds like a very unique and child childlike encounter and maybe that's yep. that's how I, I mean but see that doesn't make sense either it's because the majority of our you know abductee cases where especially later in life the abductees uh, you know have finally realized like this is or whatever maybe they know they've known it for a long time but like the this case has started at a very young age like i i, I doubt they're all starting with this you know this ridiculous looking clown at that age sure. to like really you know coax them and get them you get them involved and then you know, later on it's like ha we're actually aliens but right i don't know man see that's that's where it's like it's kind of tough for me to to really kind of i guess see this for anything more than just this really one-off strange encounter yeah Okay, so here's here's a, a possibility. Okay. I'll say. I might be generous, but I'll say here's a possibility. So what you just posited is most people later in life, they discover that they've been having these alien encounters since they were children, right? Right. And they discover it later in life. Maybe once that bubble is broken, once that veneer is removed at all, then when you're recollecting that, usually, let's be honest, it's through hypnosis. They end up right, exactly. covering all these memories of childhood. Maybe once, they, once they've once they seen what's under the mask, so to say, um, that mask is removed from all those memories. You okay. know what I mean? So basically what they're seeing is this mask. Right. And so, and as they continue which they'll undoubtedly you know i would say you know you visited once you're there's a very very high likelihood of you being visited again right um and again most are your whole life but what you're saying is basically once they finally get that you know finally uncover that truth that whatever later through hypnosis or however means you know however it happens is basically it was masked as a child to kind of appear more inviting, maybe harmless. more friendly, more harmless, yeah. or whatever else, than it actually was. Yes. Okay. That would make a lot more sense. Like, that, I think that would... Yeah. I would say, honestly, that there's a good chance of that being, you know, if, if you know, if these are, you know, if these are true cases, and abduction is real, and everything else, like, I would say, like, that seems very plausible. Right. Because we've, we've always talked about how even the crafts themselves, they sort of appear in a way that's tailor-made for right. the experiencer. Right, right, exactly. And that's what I was so, saying beforehand. Like, you know, we, we yeah. talk about that a lot. And so, like, maybe that's that's all this is. And again, it's just that experience that was tailored to them at that, that time. But yeah. is that for everyone? Like, does everyone have this type of similar, right. you know? Hmm. That's a great question. I don't... I mean, obviously, we don't know anything about these kids, Right. personally true right maybe they fucking loved clowns maybe they did maybe that was their jam maybe that girl had like a collection of clown masks she in her bedroom did. maybe like maybe I'm she, just, she like, too was a clown maybe maybe she grew up and became a clown maybe they were clowning around 
<laughs> that's that's absolutely certain. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's the one thing we do know about them. Right. Um But yeah, no, I, I know what I you don't mean. Know, man. I know what you mean for sure. Yeah. So but. maybe the this this image that seems so out of left field for us fit right in with what, you know, these two kids would have wanted to see mm-hmm. in the woods, you know? That's, again, that's I can't imagine that's one thing to see a clown in the forest. Oh, me either. Uh-huh. That's just me. <laughs> what was it back in yeah. 20, was it was like 2016 or something where all the clowns were being seen so. and like shit was going yeah. down? Yeah. yeah. Clown hysteria. Yeah. yeah. I don't want any of that. I have no, no problem with neither. clowns. Like I have no problem with clowns. Like they're fine. Yeah. But if I saw that in an appropriate clown setting, exactly. Yes. Yeah. In the appropriate yeah. setting. Like I mean, shoot. Even if I like, I was out walking around and I saw, you know, dude dressed up as a clown, like just walking and passing. That's fine. Yeah. But if I'm like out getting in my car late at night, or like I'm parked somewhere, you know, I don't know why I'm I'm always parked yeah. and getting in my car because apparently that's that's when this happens. Uh, or out yeah. for a jog, out jogging in the uh, <laughs> yeah. the local forest. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh so hard. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, with, with good reason. Um, but yeah, if I were to like look over and I see this clown, and especially if he's just kind of smiling or like a <laughs> Just like standing at the tree line. Yeah, or just making no noise and just staring yeah. straight at me. Yep. Forget that. That's like that's like the you know. Pretty weird. I mean, that's like looking out my window and seeing somebody looking back at me. <sighs> but if that happened, and say I was at uh, you know some some area where there's more people around, and it's like a brightly lit setting, it would it would be an entirely different thing. Yeah, sure. So I, I, I mean, know. I'll high five a clown at a circus, right? You know what I mean? Like that's fine. I'm, I'm not gonna high five a clown that's but like, like you know just creeping along in the forest yeah. near where i live yeah no none of that <laughs> get it buddy <laughs> none of that that's that's not that's not appropriate an appropriate outfit for hiking so i i don't know i don't know why i went on that tangent i was just i was just saying like you know i mean it it, it is it is it's just a strange thing to be presenting it is. itself like as as a clown or something like that you know regardless of your feelings yeah. of clowns and, but again like you said maybe that was her jam like that's that's one of the yeah, her favorite things been. so yeah that was the easiest thing yeah. they were able to use to manipulate them into trusting it just to get information from them right you know what i mean yeah. like there's which has to be let's done let's go full trust. screenplay if this was like E.T. style and this was like some sad, you know, alien refugee or something or crash victim or whatever. And he was just like trying to, you know, get the lay of the land here. Why not draw some kids in, show them what they want to see so you can ask them a few questions and then send them on their way. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. fair. But I mean, you wonder if the whole time he was like, God, I can't believe I had to wear that ridiculous suit. Right. <laughs> you know, what I mean? Like. That's, yeah. I can't believe I had to look like that. Or I mean, yeah. I, you know, I, I so I don't think alien. I don't think I don't think of aliens like uh like they can just change. You know, I mean, of course we have shapeshifters and stuff like that. We have you know we have all all different types of whatever. But like the most sure. the most common commonly seen alien or whatever isn't going to just like be able to. Like, I'm an I'm a clown now. I'm like whoop, I'm normal. Yeah. Like they they probably have to get in this whole get up and go through the you know the motions and everything. <laughs> An hour of makeup. Right, and, exactly. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's a lot to yeah. have to go through to get some information from a couple kids. And really, yeah. he's like trying to get directions that's... to like the nearest McDonald's. Exactly. I wonder if that's one of the things he asked. Where the fuck can I get a double cheeseburger? Right. Yeah. Who do you have to clown around with here to get a cheeseburger? I need some damn McValue fries. <laughs> it's um. So is that where you're at? Do you think? Do you think this was extraterrestrial? I think so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's an alien one. I of course I do. Um, but yeah. I I don't know. To me, like it's the only thing that kind of makes sense. Um, I mean, if we put everything together like that, then yeah. Yeah. I don't okay. think it was just some weirdo. That's one thing I don't okay. think it was. All right. I personally I'm down to two options. Okay. Okay. Either this was, you know, going back to the whole the whole my my whole fallback theory for Fortiana in general. I think this was either this was an expression of the other whatever the other is that was perfectly tailored to these two kids. And they had this, you know, bizarre experience that shaped their lives going forward in any manner of ways that we don't know about because we don't know them, right? We don't know who they actually were. Or it was a super weird, lonely, homeless guy Okay, that they just had a run in with. And it, you know, we're we're getting a version of it through the eyes of a couple seven-year-olds who, you know, maybe had like a weird costume on and you know invites them into his little shack and it's actually and bigger they weren't able to here and then they, but then through. they weren't able to get them back to yeah exactly you have to like but he like pulls up a flap or whatever for right. them to get underneath it and he's talking about how he has to clean the river water before he drinks it and shit like that doesn't seem very like higher you know higher intellectual power i mean you know what I mean? like it seems like a guy who's surviving it right but it seems like a guy who's who knows how to survive in the woods maybe like but i don't know which one it is I, but those are the two that okay. that make sense to me yeah which i mean yeah either that's... it's a big old weirdo or it's an expression of the universe <laughs> <laughs> one or the other which i guess big old weirdos are also expressions of the universe so they can be depending on how you I look at it's it all, yeah it's all relative right yeah all right yeah. that's that's fair that's fair like i said i mean it's it's hard for me to just put, like, you know, Creeper in this. So I feel like, I don't know, I want to give Sam the benefit of a doubt. I don't think he was completely yeah. a creep. I think he was probably a little bit of a creep, but maybe not entirely. Yeah. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. See, I don't I don't necessarily think that saying it's a person and saying it's a Creeper have to go hand in hand, right? I sort of think of this as just, like, a lonely old homeless guy who... Is, He's playing with this speaking spell or whatever the toy is. Yeah. And some kids show up. And I think maybe even they startle him at first when they show up. He like, and then he hits the button and it makes a loud noise and they run off. And then he's like, wait, wait, wait. I didn't mean to scare you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and then he sits down and talks to him for a little bit. And it's all so weird to them. You know, maybe he has some like old posters and shit that he has like stuck to the walls to make it look you know nicer but it to them it looks like <laughs> wallpaper with dials and stuff Maybe. all over it yeah and like you know he has some old wooden furniture he's dragged into his little shack so that's possible it's a little homier right. you know i mean it would explain the yeah I, I again i feel like an alien race or something it's gonna have a, it's gonna have more than just some traditional old wooden furniture unless it's a disguised craft exactly you know what i mean that's true 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or it's setting the scene for I don't something know what it that is. would be more reminiscent of what they're used to. Sure. So, yep. yeah, it's tough to Just say. Just like a weird approximation of what they think a human might be expecting right. inside a dwelling, yep. right? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So I think we've uh, landed on the conclusion that we have no fucking idea what this thing was. I would like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm confident with that. Yeah. He's all caller Sam. That's right. All callers, Sam. That's what he is. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this uh, this week's episode. This is episode 130, Sam the Sandown Clown. Thank you, thank you, thank you. From the bottom of our weird, possibly alien, maybe ghostly, probably cryptid hearts for listening. We absolutely love having the chance to discuss all these wild creatures and events every week. And it's your continued attention that allows us to carry on. We want to get to know each and every one of you. So please come and check us out on all the socials. At campfire.tales.podcast on Instagram and Facebook. At campfire.totsau on Twitter. And you can also visit our website at campfirepodcastnetwork.com. If you love the show, please rate and review it. It's what truly helps us continue bringing your weekly dose of the strange and unsettling. And a special thanks to Greg Martin at Reverent Music on Instagram for his contributions to the beautiful music that you hear every week under the debrief. You can find more of his tunes at ReverbNation.com slash Reverent. It's fantastic, fantastic stuff. Go give that a listen. And that's it. Until next time. I'm Ryan. I'm Jordan. And remember, campers. Stay weird. And trust in the unknown.